Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast, the appearance psychology podcast brought to you by the Centre for Appearance Research, a world-leading research centre based at the University of the West of England in Bristol, investigating everything related to the psychology of how we look. I'm Bruna. And I'm Abby. That's a new name for our listeners. Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Abby, and I'm so excited to have joined the podcast team. I've been a research associate here at CAR since 2021, and most of my work to date and my research interests are centred around supporting children and young people, especially using digital or online interventions and methods. Awesome. Well, it's so wonderful to have you, Abby, as a co-host in general, but specifically on this episode today, because this is a topic that you've got a lot of experience in. Yeah, so as part of my work over the past couple of years, I've been working to develop and create an online support resource for young people with CMN. This has been really, really exciting because I've been working really closely with the charity Caring Matters now and a group of their young ambassadors too. Yes, more information on that resource that Abby just mentioned to come later on. But to get us started, I guess, Abby, maybe your best place to tell our listeners about what CMN is. Of course. So we'll hear a bit more detail from our guests shortly. But CMN stands for Congenital Melanocytic Nevus, and it's a birthmark condition affecting around one in every 20,000 babies that are born. Thanks for that, Abby. Well, today we're specifically asking the question, what's it like to be a young person with CMN? And to help us answer that, we're joined by a few guests. Firstly, we have Dr. Ella Guest, a research fellow here at CAR, who has completed her thesis research on positive adjustment in young people with CMN, and she's worked really closely alongside me in making the CMN teens resource too. Next, we have Jodie Whitehouse, who, after being born with CMN, founded Caring Matters Now and is currently the CEO of the charity. Probably important to note here, Caring Matters Now is a national charity dedicated to supporting those who are affected by CMN. Right, and we're also joined by Hannah Cree, who is Caring Matters Now Support Pathway Coordinator. Katie Jackson is also joining us. Katie was born with CMN and she's currently the young adult support contact for Caring Matters now. And finally, Abby speaks with three young people who were born with CMN about their experiences of the condition and also of support more generally. Well, let's not waste any more time and hear what our guests have to tell us today. So welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. To get us started, Jodie, I wonder if you can tell our listeners a bit more about CMN and what it is. Yeah, sure. So CMN stands for Congenital Melanocytic Nevus. And what this condition is, um, it's a large, dark brown, hairy birthmark that can cover up to 80% of the body. It can cover anywhere on the body um, and it can also grow internally too. So if it grows on the brain or the spine, then this condition is uh, fatal. So there's no treatment that's saving lives at the moment for the internal CMN. And for the external CMN, it's more cosmetic, but it can also cause a lot of discomfort. So there can be quite large nodules that will grow within a CMN. It can become very itchy um, and it can also the skin can break quite easily, too. So CMN is rare. So it's known as a rare disease um, and there's usually around one in 20,000 children are born with a large CMN. So I have a large CMN that covers all of my back and it wraps around my stomach like a jacket. 
and then it covers over my bottom and the top parts of my legs and then I have smaller satellites too so they're just small birthmarks maybe a one pence piece size or smaller over the rest of my skin too so that's what CMN is. Thanks Jodie that's a really helpful instruction to some of our listeners who may have never heard of the condition CMN before. So we talk a lot on this podcast about the kind of impact that living with a condition like CMN that can change the way you look might have. Um, specifically, the focus of today's episode is on young people, of course. So I wonder if one of you can tell our listeners a bit more about what might be some of the psychosocial impacts for a young person living with CMN. Yeah, so as Jody mentioned, this is a rare condition and as very little is known about it, quite often young people will feel like they don't fit in because they can't relate to the people around them. Um, and so quite often there's um, a feeling of lack of self-esteem and lack of confidence. And um, really our hope is to build uh, the confidence in the young people in the skin that they are in and to support them to love their skin. Yeah, and I would add to that that as well as the sort of physical challenges um, that Jody spoke about, there obviously are these uh, sort of psychosocial impacts that Hannah's been talking about. Um, and we know that actually often the psychological and social challenges that come with having a health condition or a condition that affects how you look can be sort of have a greater impact on how somebody copes and how they adjust to having a condition. So that's why they're so important to think about as well, um, as well as things like low self-esteem, feeling very self-conscious, feeling socially anxious. Those are kind of quite common things. And a lot of this can stem from stigma that people can experience. Um, from looking different to kind of what we might call the norm so children might experience some, some kind of comments or questions and unwanted attention from um, their peers about their birthmarks so obviously this can have a really big impact on how they feel about themselves. So these social problems or challenges that young people with CMN might face can also lead to some more psychological problems so understandably experiences of people staring or making comments about someone's appearance, questions or teasing can lead to social anxiety, which is also really closely linked with symptoms of depression. They might also experience appearance dissatisfaction. And we know that how you feel about your appearance can have a really big impact on social relationships with others, for example, through your confidence and self-esteem. So you can see this is kind of creating a bit of a negative feedback loop. Thanks so much, Hannah. Ella and Abby for sharing those insights. That's really, really interesting. And it does sound like a lot of what you're talking about then, specifically around the impact of CMN, does relate to what we already know in the kind of broader visible difference literature base. But I do wonder if there has been any research specifically about CMN and about young people's experiences of CMN, because I would assume that young people might be a group that's particularly at risk of kind of these experiences of psychosocial distress? There's not been a lot of research that looks specifically at CMN, but there has been some. Um, so with children, young people, research finds that compared to the general population, children with CMN often have poorer health-related quality of life. And this can particularly relate to their emotional and social functioning and also peer relationships. So this research has been kind of very small. We have more research looking at wider groups of people with children, young people with conditions that affect how they look, which have sort of similar findings. So really, um, it's a very important area, but we don't know a huge amount about the impact specifically in relation to CMN at the moment. But generally, it's quite similar across appearance altering conditions. So we can take 
research from sort of other areas as well to help us. In the UK, I know that uh, Caring Matters Now is the leading charity supporting um, individuals and families affected by CMN. So Jodie, I wonder if you can tell our listeners a bit more about Caring Matters Now, where it came from and what it aims to do today. Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I was born with CMN and I'm 41 now. But for the first 15 years of my life, I never met anyone else with the same condition that I had. I wasn't given a name for the condition. The doctors had never seen anything like it before. So um, for those first 15 years, I had over 30 operations at the local children's hospital where I live because the consultants were concerned that this big brown birthmark needed treating and needed removing in case it could become cancerous. So I had lots of different operations to try and remove the CMN, um, but none of the surgery worked. So I still have CMN today as much as I did 41 years ago when I was born with it. Um, then at the age of 16, my family discovered there was a doctor at Great Ormond Street Hospital who had just started looking into birthmarks in more detail, one being CMN. And we went to visit this doctor. We were referred to him. And it was there when I was 16 at Great Ormond Street Hospital that he was able to give me a name for the condition that I had. He was able to give me a little bit of detail about the condition, but not much because there hadn't been any research done up until this point. But what he did ask was if he could give out our home telephone number to other patients he was coming into contact with from right across the UK who had the same birthmark that I had. Now, there's no GDPR then. So we said yes. And then our home telephone number started to be given out to other children who were affected by CMN. So that was back in 1996 and the phone started ringing instantly and the phone has not stopped ringing since. So Care and Matters Now is established in 1997. So we're 25 years old this year. Time has flown. And over those 25 years, we've supported over 800 families across the UK. And how that started out was we invited families we were coming into contact with to come to Liverpool, where I live. You can probably tell by my accent. And we kind of met families. We told them our story. We offered support and advice from experiences that I'd had throughout my childhood. And through the support we were given, families started to want to give us money towards research and that's why we became a registered charity and we started to fund research at Great Ormond Street Hospital. So the three aims of Care and Matters Now is number one primary aim is to support children and adults living with CMN and then it's to raise funds to research into CMN to try and find um, the cause to then find the cure and then thirdly, it's to raise awareness of CMN because it's a rare condition and it still is quite rare within the medical world that we want to raise awareness. So medics know about the condition and the right diagnosis can be given at an early age. And so doctors are more aware of how to treat and care for a child or an adult who lives with CMN. And um, so, yeah, the charity has snowballed into what it is today, um, but it's an absolute blessing to be involved and just to be able to support families across the UK and Ireland and on an international scale now um, through the work that we do. 
That's a really great story, Jodie. Thank you so much for sharing it. And Hannah, I wonder if you can share with our listeners about how you got involved with the charity. Yeah, so I this time eight years ago, I would have known nothing at all about um, CNN. I wouldn't have known really that there could be a birthmark the size of a CNN either. Um, my son Elijah was born nearly eight years ago and had scalp CNN. Um, so when he was born, he had a very large birthmark on his head and the midwives didn't know what it was. They thought maybe it was bruising. Um, or yeah, that he'd been sitting on my hip a strange way in, in my tummy. So that didn't sit well with me, but I thought they would maybe know better than I did anyway. Um, so it wasn't maybe until months later that we found out that Elijah actually had a condition which was known as CMM. Um, so once, um, as Jody said there, um, once we had got help and support from the charity, um, we actually um, found out about the charity by watching the one show. Um, we didn't know that Caring Matters Now existed, but by watching the one show for children in need, we heard about the charity and I reached out to somebody. I would love to know who that was even today in desperation because it seemed like it was quite a daunting, scary condition to have. And I didn't know what the risks were associated with it for Elijah at that time. So we reached out to the charity and um, we received support from a support contact in Ireland who had a little boy at the time slightly older. And really from that stage, things just changed. We felt more in control of the situation. We were put in contact with Dr. Kinsler in Great Ormond Street. And we got to a stage of feeling like this baby belonged to us and it was okay to bond with him. It was okay not to, you know, we felt like we didn't have to be scared anymore that something would happen and that he was ours. And I, I think once we had felt that support, we wanted to give back instantly. And so I volunteered as a regional contact within the charity. And that really was probably for five or six years. Until then, a job as support pathway coordinator was advertised last year, and I decided to put myself forward for that. Um, having taken a few years out after studying at university, psychology and social work. Thanks, Hannah. That's again such a great story, and thanks for sharing. And it, you know, your experiences of being a parent are you know similar to those that we've heard on the podcast before of parents, you know, not getting the answers and not you know, having those anxieties and fears when their child is first born with a condition. And your story also is just a testament to the to the wonderful work that Caring Matters now is doing and the meaningful impact that they're having on families. So it's really, really great to hear. And Katie, how about yourself? How how did you kind of get involved with Caring Matters now? So I was born in 1997 with, um, I've got a CMN on my right leg that takes up about two thirds of my leg and it comes all the way around my knee. And when I was born, the doctors, the nurses didn't know what it was, um, told my mum and dad it was cancerous. They were going to chop my leg off, which I can imagine was horrible for them. But when they left the hospital with me, they were given, I think it's called like a bounty box that had a booklet in it. And in that booklet happened to be like an advertisement for this brand new charity, Caring Matters Now. Um, and there was a picture of this baby on there that had a birthmark exactly like mine. So my mum wrote to the charity and said, my daughter's got this. The doctors are saying it needs to be um, 
operated on. What do you think? Um, and I assume that came to you, Jodie. I don't know. Um, but that got forwarded on to the dock officer at Great Ormond Street. And we got involved in the charity. Had My parents got the support they needed. My birthmark was operated on. Um, and then as I was growing up, it was really good for A, for my parents, and B, for me to know that there was someone there that I could go to if I needed support. And there were people that had been through it and had the information and knew how to deal with it. it was just such a kind of like a weight off my shoulders and off my parents' shoulders. And then when I was about 16, my dad became a trustee and started getting more involved in the charity. And I, at that point, also went, yeah, I want to I want to do something. I want to get involved. So we started fundraising as a family. And then I went to uni and then worked after uni for a couple of years and wasn't in the country. And I came back and thought, like, I'm ready now. I'm, re- I'm at a point where I think I can do something and I can actually help people. So I got in touch with Jodie and said that I want to help. I want to do something. And I'm now the young adult support contact. So I'm working with our teenagers from kind of like 16 through to my age, 24, 25, um, and helping them with that transition from being a teenager and a child with CMN into being an adult and working with them to make sure that they're comfortable in themselves without their parents and that they know they can survive and they'll be okay on their own. Great stuff, Katie. Thank you. And and how do you find your role at the moment? Are you enjoying it? Is it rewarding? Is it challenging in any way? I mean, I absolutely love that I get to be a part of the charity. It's honestly, it's such an honour that I get to help people and be part of it. Um, sometimes it's challenging. There's um, teenagers that me and Hannah have been working with that have been through such horrible experiences. Um, and it's quite a lot sometimes to kind of sit back and go, yeah, that's, that's not nice. Um, but the fact that I'm there and I get to help them and I get to see the progress makes it so rewarding and makes it worth doing. Definitely, I can imagine. Well, thank you again to, to Katie, Hannah and Jodie for sharing um, both, you know, the experiences that you've had, personal experiences and your involvement with the charity. It's really wonderful to hear. And so kind of springboarding off of that and going back to the topic of what it means to be a teen and a young person with CMN. I know, Ella, that you've done some research recently around um, actually positive experiences and positive adjustment among young people with CMN. So I wonder if you can tell us a bit more about that study, perhaps starting with the aims of the study. Yeah, sure. So I carried out a study for my professional doctorate in health psychology um, in collaboration with Caring Matters Now to understand more about the experiences of young people um, who are part of the charity who would say that they have adjusted well to having CMN and had positive experiences um, in relation to the condition. And I think obviously earlier in the podcast, we've talked a lot about the potential negative impact of living with CMN. And it's really important to sort of think about those things and to provide support. But actually, I think we often have a tendency to sort of pathologise conditions and focus on trying to alleviate the negative impact. But actually, lots of young people cope really well. Lots of people adjust and have lots of really good coping skills and you know we also find sometimes that people have these sort of um, additional positive experiences that they attribute directly to having a certain condition so I thought you know it was really important to actually reflect that too to kind of get the whole picture of experience of people with CMN and also 
it's really helpful to understand the kind of the experiences of people who do well and the factors that are associated with that so that we can actually foster positive outcomes in more young people. You know, if we can understand why people do well and what's what's associated with that, we can help to support younger people to adjust well. We can reduce sort of instances of negative experiences and also develop interventions like the one we're going to talk about later as well. Great stuff, Ella. Thank you. And it's refreshing to hear about these types of issues framed in a positive way. And you're right. A lot of times we talk about the negatives and the challenges and um you know, from experience, from working in this area, you know, you hear all the time that actually some people gain benefits from having parents altering conditions or they gain kind of different strengths in different areas of life. So I'm really excited that your research looked into that. And I know that you used a quite a unique kind of method for this project, um, and it was a photo elicitation study. Is that right? So I wonder if you can tell us a bit more about what that means, what that involved, and also about kind of your experiences of using this method specifically with young people? Sure, yeah, so it was photo elicitation. So photo elicitation is quite a sort of novel um, method of data collection, but it is used increasingly within psychology and within um, research looking at experiences of people who have health conditions. So the way that I use photo elicitation was to kind of understand the experiences of young people in relation to their sort of adjustment journey and um, how they feel about having CMN sort of as they've grown up and gone into older adolescence. So I interviewed four girls who are in middle adolescence um, who are part of the charity. And I asked them to look back through photo albums and photos on their phone um, and find photographs that they felt represented the positive aspects of their condition or showed the sort of positive adjustment journey that they had experienced from having CMN. I think... um, there's a number of kind of reasons to use photo elicitation. One is it makes sort of interviews a bit more interesting and engaging, especially um, when you're talking to young people. It can also sort of restore any kind of power imbalance that you might have with um, a researcher asking sort of personal questions about experience. And I think there's actually a podcast episode that is about um, photo methods. So if anyone's interested, you might want to listen to that one. Um, But also I think it's really useful for looking at um, sort of processes that happen over time because photos we you know most of us have photographs so we do kind of capture these experiences that happen over time and they can help to sort of trigger our memory and bring back our thoughts and um, emotions and kind of document the way that we have evolved and the kind of experiences we've had so it's, I thought it was quite an interesting method to use and actually I think it worked really well when talking to people about a condition that affects appearance because using such a sort of visual thing um, does sort of very much relate to people's positive adjustment. So I asked uh, the young people to find five photographs and bring them to an interview with me. So a lot of them were carried out over the phone or on Microsoft Teams. Um, and I asked them questions about the photographs and how they sort of related to their positive experiences and their adjustment. And it was very open. So it was really led by their photographs. So I wanted them to sort of, you know, their stories to really lead it. Um, so the questions were really very open, which was really interesting. That does sound really interesting. And I guess as well, from the perspective of kind of interviewing young people, as you said, not only does it make the interviews perhaps more interesting and more personal, but I guess young people, they're always taking photos, right? Most young people have, you know, smartphones and they capture. And it might, I guess it might be different if you were doing this project in the 90s or the 80s when, um, kind of smartphones weren't as common but 
I can imagine that that was a really, really interesting method to use with this group. Yeah. So um, I analysed the sort of transcripts from the interviews um, and I I didn't actually analyse the photographs because I think they really don't necessarily mean a lot without the context of the interview. So I really use them more as a sort of elicitation tool. Um, But there's some really interesting findings. Um, One really key thing was that being able to accept CMN as part of their identity was really key to being able to adjust, um, you know, accepting that CMN was part of who they are and it shaped them as a person um, and being able to um, be like proud of that and sort of um, form a positive relationship with their birthmarks. That was really key for all of the participants in the study, so all the young people who took part. Another thing that was really interesting was um, this concept of positive body image really came out. So um, positive body image relates to sort of appreciating, respecting and looking after your body. And it's found to protect us from sort of negative messages that we might receive in relation to our appearance and, and pressures that we might feel from the media to sort of conform to particular ideals. So, yeah, so they'd all really appreciated how having CMN made them look unique um and what's really interesting about that finding is that a lot of research well there's there's limited research but research that has been done with adults often finds that they um those who adjust well and have kind of positive experiences they report sort of seeing appearances being less important and being something that they're sort of less focused on and not so much something that um they get hung up on so it's really interesting that for these young people actually this wasn't the case but they sort of learnt to appreciate and really um, celebrate having CMN and, and their appearance. So that's something that's quite interesting. And I wonder if that does maybe relate to the fact that um, there's sort of more of a movement to be more accepting of diverse appearances now. And we have sort of social media so we can drive our own content and sort of um, present ourselves in positive ways. So I, w- I wonder if that might be something that's going on there. And another really interesting thing that we found was that some of the young people had not always had positive relationship with their birthmarks, but they'd been able to decide that they wanted to adjust and they wanted to have positive experiences. So they'd work to um, develop coping skills and they'd use certain milestones like starting new school um, as a way to sort of drive themselves forward to become more accepting. And that's really interesting because I think often we have this misconception that some people will do really well and some people don't and that there's not a whole amount that we can do to control that. But really what this shows is that isn't necessarily the case. Um, You know, we can all become, um, you know, we can kind of foster positive adjustment. And in the case of the young people that I spoke to, for a lot of them, it was sort of a conscious thing that they'd worked on and felt like they'd achieved. And although they still had days where they perhaps didn't feel as confident, they still overall felt that they were positively adjusted and knew that they could cope with any challenges that they faced. So I think that's really important. And then the sort of last finding that I would like to talk about is um, that having support was really key. I think that's not necessarily something that's that surprising, um, but, you know, it, it was really important for the young people to be supported by their friends and family to help them sort of provide support where they can be in an environment that they develop a positive relationship with their birthmarks and kind of develop helpful coping strategies. But it was seen as really particularly important to know other people with CMN. So knowing others their age of CMN made them feel like they were less alone. There were people that understood them and they were able to receive support and also give support, which was really important. And particularly for these young people who felt that they were positively adjusted now, they gained a lot from being able to help others who 
were still um, coming to sort of accept their condition. And that's really interesting. And I think it really highlights the importance of, of Caring Matters now and having these organisations that give people the opportunity to connect to others. Thanks so much, Ella, for sharing those really, really interesting findings. And your the last finding you spoke of, which was the kind of importance of support for this community, is one that, of course, highlights the important work that Caring Matters now is doing. And I know that a new uh, kind of support resource has recently been developed for young people, which is now available on the Caring Matters Now website. So I do wonder if you can tell us a bit more about that. Hannah, I know that there is a kind of support pathway that is already established. So can you tell us a bit more about how this new support resource fits into that? Yeah, so as I'm listening and thinking about everything that's being said, you know, I think there's some real key points which highlight the need for our support pathway. So um, we have a support pathway in place which really covers support across all age groups. And this starts from baby. It starts from those hospital experiences where very little is known. And we've talked about that, that diagnosis and doctors not being sure what it is and not knowing how to treat and what a stressful time that is for parents. And then we find during the school age that the parents have got the support um, and that they feel equipped at that stage. There may be some questions, but that that um, curiosity or need for knowledge tapers off a bit during the school ages. Um, but then you get to transitional points like becoming a teenager or becoming an adult. And I think what Ella said there about the photograph study was really key is that as we look back over photographs, as, as we look back over time, we realise that we bring different stuff with us along the journey. And as I mentioned earlier, being a parent of a little boy with CMN, right now he's owning it. He's pretty confident with his skin. Um, again, that we talk about, um, I think it's really important to talk about young people who have positive um, a, a positive perspective and experience with their visible difference because there are young people who don't feel anything negative about it. But I think we need to realise that that doesn't come um, without support or without building from a foundation. That is something that's happened very subtly over the years. It's something that happens through support. And it's why we have made sure that our support that we provide as a charity is really at a grassroots level. It's an organic community of support because actually what we find is that a lot of families have attended things and um, had conversations and they wouldn't put that down as gaining support. But they know that life feels different because they're part of a community. And so then you get to adulthood or you get to um, teenage years. You throw hormones, peer pressure, um, competition, you know, um, comparison, social media into the mix. And all of a sudden, a child that was pretty confident during school years and didn't need support, their core value in themselves was shaken. And so they're highlighted this need then to provide a self-help resource for our young people to help them improve their confidence, their self-esteem how to tackle anxiety and equip them with tools that they could go back to time and time again. And so for that reason, um, ourselves and um, research fellows from CAR worked together in 2021. And they we worked together with our teenage members. So we have um, a program within the charity called Young Ambassadors Program. 
and it gives young people an opportunity to engage with um, different experiences which will build their skills um, for life and one of these experiences is to get involved in a research opportunity and so our young people love the opportunity to get involved with uh, CAR and to really share insight in the workshop as to what would be most helpful and um, what were the main challenges for them in living life with a visible difference like CMN. And so from that, there's been um, the development of our online teens resource, which is just, um, I think, as I think of a word to describe it, it's sophisticated. It's sophisticated, but it's really accessible. Um, it's really professional. Um, and it's basically a resource that our young people can go on to. They know that it has been produced by other teens who have CMN and so they know they can trust it because these young people know what it's like and they can go back time and time again to different methods of support um, to get through different seasons, which are tricky. So I think this was such an exciting project to be involved with. I think it's very different maybe from traditional research that we do a lot of at the centre and also people do more widely as well. So it's really great to work on something more practical, but we've actually produced something at the end where people can actually use it and find helpful. So this project was funded by the VTCT Foundation and as Hannah has mentioned we worked really closely with both Caring Matters now so Hannah, Jodie and Katie we worked really closely with and we also worked with Young Ambassadors. So we used something that we call PI which I'm sure we've talked about on the podcast before but it stands for public or patient involvement and this means sort of working with the people who the research is about or aimed towards. So we worked with young people to gain their input and insight at various stages of the research project. And the reason you do this is to make it more meaningful, um, more attractive and also more useful for the people that engage with it. So we began by literature reviewing what intervention types were most effective for young people with CMN. As we mentioned before, there's very little work around CMN specifically at the moment. So we focused on young people with skin conditions, for example, eczema or vitiligo, and also people with congenital conditions. So congenital means that you're born with the condition and CMN is congenital. So from that literature review, we found various techniques, things like psychoeducation, cognitive behavioural therapy, social skills training, and also other techniques as well. And whilst we were carrying out this work, Caring Matters now sent out a survey to their young people um, who were involved in the charity. And this survey was to sort of find out very broadly what people would want in the resource, what they would be interested in having and what they think would be helpful. Using the findings from the survey and the literature review, we then ran a workshop, which Hannah has just spoken about a bit. So we ran a two hour online workshop with, I think, 13 young people. And in this workshop, we talked about what are the key challenges that young people with CMN might face. And we also introduced some of these evidence based techniques that we found from the literature review and we discussed them and we voted on how relevant, interesting and helpful that the young people thought they were. Also in this workshop, which was really, really helpful, is we discussed what format this resource would be in. So when we planned this project, I think we had in mind that it would be a leaflet. Young people were not very keen on the leaflet. <laughs> they obviously wanted something a bit more interesting and a bit more interactive. So the idea of sort of 
an app or a web page was first introduced at this stage, which is obviously how it ended up being a web page. So that's a really good example of how involving the people that the resource is supposed to be for in the process. So following this workshop, we started making the content. So we created the content in four broad themed areas. So these areas were one, feeling more confident, two, with social situations, three, starting something new, and four, social media. So the feeling more confident section covers the fact that the way we behave and the way we think can have a really big impact on our levels of anxiety and well-being. And this included CBT techniques. So, for example, a technique that is called Capture It, Check It, Change It, which is helpful for sort of catching unhelpful thoughts, checking them and then reframing them so that you can think more positively. The social situations page covered social skills, understanding why people might react unusually towards you and how your body language and actions in response to that can affect this. We then also had a section about starting something new. Again, this was something that was suggested by the young people and many of them in the workshop said that they had found starting a new school a particularly difficult time. So this page is really, really lovely because it contains a lot of content created by the young people themselves about starting a new school or a new club and how to deal with it. So there's um, videos and also sort of blog posts on there from young people with CMN about their experiences and their advice. And then the final page is social media, which contains information about how social media can be good, showing diversity, advocating for change or raising awareness of things such as CMN can also be bad in terms of body image and unrealistic appearance comparisons. So this section contains social media literacy and recommended Instagram accounts of people with CMN, which again was a young person's suggestion. So once we had all of this content, we got feedback from a clinical psychologist and then we conducted two rounds of interviews with young people just to like double check that the content that was in there was relatable and made sense and also was presented in a way that was age appropriate and then it was uploaded to the website so I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Kellen Hunt who is our amazing illustrator who made the illustrations on the resource um, and also for the cover photo of this episode as well. The resource was launched in January and we're currently running a feedback questionnaire to get feedback from anyone who uses it. Thanks for sharing that Abby, that's such an interesting project and as you said it was so heavily influenced by kind of PI and the input from the young people themselves and more and more we're recognising how important that is in research and any sort of resource development and I think the output that you've been able to produce and the resource having you know anyone's able to go and view it on the Caring Matters Now website is just a testament to that because it is a really wonderful resource and so much work went into it I can't believe that you know you know how much it took to get to that point but it was definitely worth it and Katie it wasn't too long ago that you were a teen um, and having CMN yourself I wonder if you have any thoughts on kind of how you feel about this resource is this something that you feel would have been helpful for you when you were a young person? Yeah, so I, thinking about it now, um, I think of all the things that I've done because of CMN um, and because of Caring Matters Now, all the opportunities it's given me. Um, but when I was a teenager, I didn't really realise how much support the events were giving me and the fact that 
and also the fact that the only way I got that support was by going to the event. So I think if this resource had been available to me, um, it would have been something that was just a a lot more accessible because um, my family are from Sussex. So and at the time that I was a teenager, a lot of the support events were up in Liverpool uh, and we just couldn't get there. So we couldn't we couldn't go to those support events. Um, so if, if the resource had been there, I think it just would have been kind of an extra layer that would have helped me and an extra thing that I could have used for myself. Um, and I remember going to the first support event that happened in London, the first family day. I remember going to it and kind of thinking, oh, I'm fine. I don't need to go. Um, and looking back on it now, I can see that it did make such a difference. Just being able to walk into a room and see other kids with CMN and other adults with CMN um, just kind of gave me that sense of community and that sense of belonging. Um, so this resource, having all the illustrations of other people with CMN, again, is amazing because the teens now, if they're not comfortable going to a support event, they don't need to, to be able to see other people with CMN and to be able to see it as a thing that is out there and that other people have. So, yeah, I think it's fantastic that it's there now and kind of wish it had been there for me. But <laughs> And that's a really good point, Katie, around kind of accessibility and how easily people can access support. And of course, you know, I'm a big, well, not of course, but I'm a big believer that face to face will always be kind of the best. Right. You, you get you, there are things that you get from being face to face with somebody that you can't quite get online, but especially in the context of COVID and of people having to be at home more and a young person who's probably always kind of in front of their phone or their computer a resource like this just is possibly exactly what they need um so it's really really great to to see that it's been done as part of our online teens resource we are also offering the opportunity to walk through the resource with myself um and katie has been on board with that as well and um, the idea is that we are really wanting to make sure that the teens know how best to use each of the tools so to get the most out of it. Honestly, it's just been a really fantastic opportunity, a really accessible and easy to use tool. And I really feel the support that we can provide for teenagers has changed um, and will just be so much better with it. Thanks for sharing that, Hannah. I think it's it's not every day that we get to kind of get a first-hand account of these types of things in practice, if you like, um, and how they're being used and the kind of benefits that they're having for real people and, you know, their real lives. And it's just also a really good example of kind of using these psychological tools, you know, in everyday life. Um, and it's just awesome to hear that this young person was able to to kind of reach better outcomes or a better place in her life and her journey as a result. Well, I think this has been such an interesting discussion and I thank you all for sharing all your different perspectives and involvement in all of this. And I think our listeners will really enjoy learning more about this. And to finish off, I wonder if you can tell us a bit more about what's next for Caring Matters Now and, and CMN research and practice more broadly. Beyond teenagers, the Teens Resource has um, opened doors within our CMN community. We hosted an online adult gathering at the end of January and our adults were really impressed by the online teens resource. They found it really appealing. And as we talked about earlier on, um, the complex thinking patterns that we develop through life, 
These are adults who didn't have the support because so little was known about the condition. And so they bring with them a lot of complex thinking patterns, lack of confidence and self-esteem due to lack of support in a condition that was very rarely known about. And so as they shared their um, their feelings around the teens resource and how impressive it was, it's really made us consider an adult resource and how we could develop that for our adult community. And again, one of your research fellows is um, carrying out research into intimacy and relationships in adults with visible difference. And so we've been able to signpost our adult community to that study. And we hope that that will um, highlight different areas which we can take into consideration as we develop something further for our adults. To add to that, that in our as we build our support structure, we're building in a month of transition, which will be the August every year. And so within that um, structure, we're going to introduce a parents workshop every August for the 12 year olds coming up into teenage years so that we can walk through that resource from the get-go and that they know that it's available. The transition, the issue of transition seems to be so key, doesn't it? And seems to be where kind of the challenges might crop up. So that sounds like you're kind of targeting the perfect um, time. And Katie, I'm going to pick on you now because I do believe that you're involved in a trek. Yeah, so this year is the 25th anniversary of Carrie Matters Now, um, which is spectacular. Um, that we've got this far and we're still going. Um, so in a couple of weeks' time, we've got our 25th um, birthday party, which is at Alton Towers. We've got a room at Alton Towers for the day. We're going to be, we've got some um, research talks going on, just some events for and some activities for the young kids, the teenagers, the adults to do and to go around and have a day on the rides, which is going to be spectacular. Um, and then in the summer, we are aiming to walk the journey of caring matters now. So we're going from Alderhead Children's Hospital in Liverpool, um, which is obviously where Jodie had all her treatment, um, to Great Ormond Street, where all the research and the clinic and everything is now. Uh, so it's happening over 12 days. Um, I have signed up for two of those days in the middle. So we're walking about 25 kilometres a day. Um, so I'm going to walk for two days straight and then lie on the sofa for a week um, is my plan. But so we're doing that. We've got a charity representative um, or two walking each day and we're trying to get our members and friends of members and family to sign up and to walk with us all to raise money um, to go towards the research, the support and the awareness. Very, very awesome. Well done. Very brave. For our listeners, of course, as always, if you're interested in knowing more about the work of Caring Matters Now, if you would like to see the resource and also if you'd like to find out more about the trek and how you can support please do check out the Care Matters Now website, which will be linked in our show notes today. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on the podcast today and talking about this very, very important issue and sharing all of the amazing work that you have done and continue to do in this area. It's been wonderful to have you all on the podcast today. My name's Scarlett. I'm 16 and I'm one of Care Matters Now Young Ambassadors. My birthmark is one of like the bathing trunk ones so it goes from my lower back down to the top of my thighs and then I have loads of satellites and I'm currently studying musical theatre. I'm Dan, I'm 15 and I also have a bathing trunk nevus that goes from the lower back to the top of my knee. Um, hi, I'm Becky. 
I have a birth mark that goes all the way down from one, the top of my left leg to the bottom of my leg. And I'm studying architecture at the moment. Thank you guys so much for introducing yourselves. I was wondering if next you might be able to tell our listeners a little more about your stories. Yeah, I obviously 15 now and there's been a whole load of uh, really, really good experiences that I've had with CMN mostly. Uh, my parents have been involved with the charity pretty much since I was born and I've only just recently got involved kind of on a personal level um, and you know the the enthusiasm from everybody who I've been emailing at, at, you know once a week or whatever has been just great and actually quite quite a pleasant surprise but yeah no it's it's definitely been more kind of positive experiences than drawbacks <laughs> it, it, it might sound silly, but it's actually been a really, really good conversation start of the last couple of years, uh, especially if you have people who are really interested in science and medicine and all that kind of thing. You know, having the opportunities to meet people with the same condition and do all these really fun activities with charities just been great. Thank you, Dan. That's great. So you mentioned doing activities with Caring Matters now. I was wondering if you had some examples of things that you've done. Uh, so yeah, a couple of years ago, I was on a PGL trip with uh, with the charity, which was great. In fact, my entire family came and it was, I mean, of course, as a kid, it was really, really good to meet other kids and just have fun for, I'm not sure how long it was, maybe a couple of days. Um, but also, I think for my parents, it was also great to just find other parents who've been through the same kind of stepping stones of, you know, just trying to find out what the kind of situation is. Um, and just being able to kind of really engage with each other has been, yeah, really, really useful. And um, coming up, we have the Alton Towers trip as well, which is for a lot of teenagers and kids. And again, for the parents to kind of gather with each other and just talk about their experience with the condition. I, I think that's great. That sounds great, Dan. And Alton Towers sounds like a really, really great time. So I really hope you enjoy that trip. I was wondering if maybe Scarlett or Becky, one of you might be able to tell our listeners what it's like to be a young person with CMN. So personally, I use it to my advantage because in the industry that I am training in and want to be in, having something that makes you stand out and you become easily rememberable is actually more of a benefit because like agents, producers would actually remember me more than if I didn't have it. So it has actually helped me a lot in the industry I am. But I'd say living with it, it's just got to be the first time you meet someone is obviously going to be the worst time. It's going to be the times of like the looks, the stares, the comments. But I think as you grow up and as you have the people that like your close knit circle, it becomes a lot easier because you don't meet as many people. So the people you're with already know about it. So I think it does get a lot easier as you grow up. Um, I would say like all my experiences have been positive. I mean, a person with CMN obviously is going to have like looks and comments made at them, but I think that's kind of where it draws the line and 16 years later you don't really notice it it kind of just becomes a blare because you don't really notice everyone looking at you. Thank you Scarlett and I think that's so lovely to hear because I think especially with the work that I do at the Centre for Appearance Research we focus a lot on supporting people that have 
visible differences or different conditions such as CMN and because of that we're often quite focused on the negative consequences of having these conditions so I just love it when I hear people talk about the positive things about being different so thank you so much for sharing that. Sorry Becky I'm gonna pick on you now I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about how you got involved with the charity Caring Matters now. Yes, yeah, so I actually was struggling a bit with the appearance of my birthmark. So I've always had like my mum here with me and she looked through things like that. And we found the charity and we found it through Great Ormond Street. And she sort of told me about it and she talked me through it. And then we started like to get involved. I've only like, um, I've known Katie for about a couple months now. And it has helped a lot. Um, like I've overcut, I felt a bit more comfortable in my skin since knowing like the charity. But yeah. So Becky has been, I think we had our first Zoom call a couple of weeks into January and Becky has actually come so far just in that six weeks and I don't think Becky quite appreciated, we had another call last night and I don't think she quite appreciated just how amazing it was, how far she'd come in that six weeks. So I think it's just so important that, and it's so amazing that she's found the charity now and that we have been able to I hope help her a little bit and get her to a point where she's more comfortable. Um, when we had our first Zoom call, she said that she always wears black skin colour tights, doesn't let anyone see her CMN. Um, and then we did some work using the team's resource. Um, and on Monday night, a few days ago, um, she said, yeah, I considered working at this job and I would have had to wear skin coloured tights. And I thought, you know what? I might actually be able to do that. Um, and that's just in six weeks with the help of the team's resource um, which is just fantastic. Yeah that's so great. Would you be able to tell us a little bit more about the process of using the team's resource please? So I took like little steps. I saw it always a big thing like I can't just like show everyone my birthmark because it's like a big reveal like like it's going to be a shock to everyone because I've had it on as like a cover for like all my life. I've never really had it on show so I took little steps. I started telling people I have a birthmark and it's there so if I ever feel like I want to not like have it on show then like be aware of it and then know that it's there and then like with the skin colour tights I know that it's not as obvious and hopefully I would feel comfortable in that but I know when you're in the situation it might be different. Obviously we have created this teens resource and I know Scarlett you've been involved in part of that process I was wondering if you might be able to tell the listeners how you were involved in that process and also how you found it I helped like with the layout and like the color schemes and the tools inside the resource to help and it's tools I've used growing up and that the charity has kind of made me grow up with to help overcome anything or any situation I'm in so we did like some online surveys and some zoom calls so every one of like the young ambassador had their own say in the design and everything and I think my favorite part is the um social media section because personally that's where I growing up needed the most amount of help which could be different for everyone so sometimes I'll still if something happens or I see something I'll go back and I'll have a look because they've linked um, some accounts that are like really good to follow if you ever need to like feel good about yourself. So I'll just have a look at one of those and it's like automatically improved my mood for the day. So I'd say that's one of my favourite 
elements of the resource. And it was very like surreal to be part of designing and everything because we talked about it on a Zoom call and then a couple of weeks, months later, we could actually see all our input involved in it. So it was quite cool to like experience and go through the process with. And have you had a look at the resource now that it's up on the website? Yes, so I have had a look and my favourite part is the animations of the people that they've used. Um, I think it's really cool and really clever how they've made them have birthmarks because it makes you feel like this is made for you, this is made for people with birthmarks. So um, I use the tools page. Um, I like, like the catch it, check it, um, change it section so if I'm ever having a negative thought or anything that it helps me like make it positive and I like the relaxation methods if I ever can't sleep or something which has nothing to do with CMN it's just a nice way to end my day so I think it is very very useful for even if you're not a teenager I think it is useful. That's great thank you Scarlett thank you for sharing that so I think I've got one question which I think it would be really great if each of you could answer and that is what advice would you have for young people with CMN? So <laughs> it's it's going to sound really 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 cliche when I say it but I think being yourself is like the absolute best thing that you can do because if you engage with the condition and you don't like kind of hide it away you'll kind of you you'll gain confidence not only with the condition but just as a person um, you'll gain, you know, you'll gain confidence with just talking to people generally. And it's quite nice in a way to have something to talk about and to be able to engage with and f for people to find interesting about you as well, just inherently. And use the resources that you have available on the charity's website and all that kind of thing. Just use all the stuff that you have available to you even if it's not all kind of relevant to what you're going through you'll still be able to kind of keep it ticking over in your mind and be able to recognize when you're kind of straying into those negative thoughts or just feeling bad about yourself and i think in in the social side of things as well i personally have kind of seen it as a bit of a filter for the people who i want to be around you know the people who take an interest in it or think it's quite a neat little thing to have. Those are the people that I've always kind of gravitated towards, and the people who kind of the people who engage with it negatively. Of course, you just kind of put to one side, and you think, "Don't worry about them." You know, focus on the people who really care about you and your condition. Thank you, Dan. I really like the idea of it being a way of being able to tell other people's character and who's who's worth keeping around. I know like with people that are struggling with CMN that they shouldn't feel like the need to hide it because at the end of the day it's, it's going to make you feel less confident in yourself when you're hiding it. If you if you don't want to unshow them, fair enough, it, it's whatever you feel comfortable with but you shouldn't feel the need to hide it all the time and it will help gain a lot of confidence if it is on show like Dan said. So my top tip for anyone younger that has CMN would be take every day separately and know you will have good and you will have bad days, but know you're always beautiful and it will only make you unique and try and find a way to make it positive. So if you do get a comment or a look or something you're not comfortable with, try and find the positives from that situation. Try and think they're only looking at me because 
I'm unique. They're only looking at me because I've got something extra special about me instead of thinking they're looking at me because they're looking at my birthmark. So I'd say try and find the positive and know that there will be good days and bad days. As you get older, I think, or or at least in my experience, it's been easier, definitely, because as you get older, you get that kind of initiative to go out there on your own and kind of have a look at the resources and all of the kind of great stuff that the charity's done. And, you know, in primary school and all that kind of thing where kids just have less understanding inherently, you know, they don't have the kind of bigger picture scale that people in secondary school have. Primary school is probably the most formative kind of time for people with CMN. As a kid, you know, I I always shied away from sports, actually, because I was really, really scared of the changing room. I would always get comments about my birthmark because it was all down my leg and up my back. And now I actually find sports to be kind of one of my favorite things. So, yeah, I think another thing, just if you're younger with CMN, don't look at secondary school and be scared. Instead, look at it as a really positive thing because you will find people who just have an interest in you even your teachers actually especially when you get to like GCSE biology and all that kind of thing when you do stuff like genetics it is such a great kind of oh yes I can I can really relate to that um so yeah in in primary school kids will be kids and when you get older it just gets better because people are more informed and more kind of accepting generally If you are a young person with CMN, try your best to go to anything that Caring Matters Now is putting on, whether it's like a family day or one of the teen things. It is the best thing you'll do because you will be able to ask questions to people like you that no one else will be able to answer. Even if you ask the doctors at Great Ormond Street, they won't be able to answer these questions that you have. So asking someone who is your age is the best thing you'll ever do and it'll help you grow so much confidence. So if you are a young person, definitely try and go to one of the CMN days. Perfect. Thank you, Scarlett. And that's a great plug for Caring Matters Now. So thank you for that as well. Um, I think that's all we've got time for today. So thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today. It's been so lovely to have you and so great to hear about all your experiences. So thank you again so much. Great job on your first episode, Abby. Thanks, Bruno. It was really good fun. Thank you so much to all of our guests today who did such a fab job of helping us to understand the possible experiences of young people with CMN and also telling us the wonderful work that both researchers at CAR have been doing in this area and the charity Caring Matters now. Yes, and a special thanks to Scarlett, Dan and Becky. It was so great to speak to them and hear their experiences. Yes, it was really, really interesting to listen to. And I think that's all we have time for today. As ever, thank you so much for listening to Appearance Matters, the podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to share, subscribe, rate and review. It helps other people find the podcast and it gives us a little boost. And remember, you can keep up to date with our centre's work on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. All the links are in our bio. Until next time, bye! Bye.